1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Team Stripes podcast. Joining me, as always, for at least the last few episodes and <laughs> for a very long time moving forward, is my co-host Nat Swanson. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How you doing? Uh, dude, oh, the hockey season that's is that's a that's a loaded question. Asking you yeah, how I'm doing on a Sunday evening. <laughs> it yeah. has truly been hockey gone wild this weekend.
0: Yeah. Dude, I, I, you know, I were talking to this earlier. I can't believe it. So you were like, oh man, dude, I had to call two butt endings. It's like I had to call a butt ending. Like, dude, we were talking. I don't, I don't remember the last time. I don't remember the last All time right. I had to call a butt end penalty,
1: So but. I, I think what we need to do right now is just put out a bolo. For yes. those that don't know what bolo means, it's be on lookout. Yeah. So everyone that listens, please be on the lookout for butt ends. Because <laughs> yeah. between myself and Nat, there were three called this weekend. Dude, I had that, one. Yeah. I had one Friday in my USPHL junior game, and it was a beauty. The guy just butt-ended the dude in the throat. I was standing on the goal line looking at it like, did that just happen? And before I could get my arm in the air, the linesman blows it dead and just yells at the kid, get the off the ice. Oh, <laughs> man. So then you had one yesterday.
0: Yep. So I had one yesterday. So it's, you know, it's like a wing and a defenseman just leisurely skating down the ice as play is moving uh, deep into the corner. And one guy just looks at the other one and gives him the classic pool cue, right? Just, you know, slides through, slides the, his lower hand, uh, you know, into the guys uh, up the stick and into the guys, you know, like, like shoulder pads like up underneath into his gut kind of chest area and the same thing I looked at that my arm goes up and I was like did that just happen yep and the funny thing with that one is that that's the same thing the kid who got butt ended so immediately skates away right the kid who got butt ended was like did that just happen did you see that I was like <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: you know oh my god that's <laughs> I amazing like, i can't believe so, it. i saw the kid yeah so then today uh, College Hockey Federation game, USF versus University of Florida, two hockey powerhouses. Um, <laughs> battle, battle in front of the net. And the UF player doesn't butt-end the kid once, but he does it twice. Jeez. Which I, I you know I said not the video. The kid yeah. butt ends them and then they kind of spin and butt ends them again right in the gut. Like just to referee make sure th- that the first
0: one yeah, yeah, just
1: to make sure it counts, right? Yeah. Referee throws his arm up, gets we get the guy in the box, and James, uh the, the guy, one of the guys the referee looks at me and goes, That's the w- I've been in 17 years. I've never called a butt end before. And by God, that's the worst one I've ever seen. Video or whatever. Uh, I was yeah. like All right, well, that's a DQ, so he can go home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, go warm up the showers, guys.
1: So between me and you, three butt ends in three days.
0: Which, again, is probably more than I've seen prior to this weekend. Probably more than I've ever seen in my entire career, right?
1: I think the only thing I can attribute this to is we all know Shorzy came out over, over break, over the summer. And... I don't remember if there's a scene with a butt end in Shorzy, but obviously he's a, you know, the character's a dirty hockey player. So I think maybe everyone's just trying to be like Shorzy. Maybe, I don't know. I mean,
0: I had a buddy up here have two match penalties in one game, one for a baseball swing at a guy's head, another one for, you know, joke, guy gets face washed. So he, instead of face washing the guy back, pulls his helmet off and then hits him with it. Like, Wow. I mean, that's like, I, you're talking about, that's like story. Like, those are stories that you hear about that you're like, did that really happen? Like, there's no way that happened.
1: I, I remember years ago, the Lightning had a player, Evgeny Artukin, was the guy's name, and he ripped the guy's helmet off the guy's head by the visor. So he grabs the visor, yanks the helmet off the guy's head, flips <laughs> it over, and beats him over the head with it. Yeah. And so when you mentioned that, like that's all that pops into my head. So I couldn't imagine standing there, having my helmet ripped off, and then getting beat by my own helmet. Right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's like, yeah. unreal. Like and it's yeah, it's youth hockey gone wild. Whether it be like that situation or like the juniors or the college, like it's insane to me that this stuff is happening. Right. Like. We'll talk about the use stuff right now on the USA side. Yeah, we have the rules from last year, which I believe everyone pretty much forgot about. Um, now we have two, right? So, for those that are in the Facebook group, we had a video this week that got posted, and it's like, wait, you guys are saying that kit is okay. Yeah, there's no way. Fifteen years ago it's
0: fine. Two years ago it's 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 fine. It if now
1: iffy two years ago.
0: Yeah, if it's iffy. You're right. Like now like holy. Yeah, this the standard of play, I mean, is pretty clear. The enforcement's pretty clear. Any you know, you gotta make a play for the puck and you have to you can't be hitting someone just to penalize them, right? yep. Just to make
1: the body and penalty. that's a hit that I feel like would pr- like if if a hit like that happened in the show like a blind side hit like that i'm thinking that's a suspension probably even if
0: it's not called on the ice
1: yeah you know
0: even if it's not called on the ice i still think yeah that's probably someone sitting a game or two um
1: at least or at least at, at a minimum they're taking a look at it and dps is having a hearing with the guy for doing it right so, like, it's just been – it's crazy. We yeah. have players acting like fools. Right, yeah. Um. Obviously, we have the ever-continuing referee shortage. My email was blowing up all weekend. I have one here in particular that they were offering $110, a guide, a two-man – a u16 uh single wow yeah i mean that's that's going around
0: you know i've heard stories up here of folks that have uh essentially cash kickers right it's kind of the hey uh what do we have to do to ensure that our kids games or our team's games get covered yeah Uh, which hey rather than Rather than paying thirty five bucks and getting registered for USA Hockey, so you make sure that someone's got the credentials to be able to do the game. They're like, yeah, I'll, I'll spend fifty dollars for someone else to do it, an additional oh, yeah. fifty bucks. You know, that's we'll see how that plays out this season. I'm, you know, I wanna I wanna say that uh, you know that everyone's gonna be pretty much on the up and up, and everyone no one's gonna turn back a game. Mm-hmm. You know, every, everyone understands that you're going to turn back a game if you can get a, you know, a higher level game. Right. You know, yeah. If, if you're working, if it's like, hey, I want you to work a Wee or a Bantam game and instead. Hey, the, the scheduler calls like uh, I want you to work college or junior or whatever. Yeah, you know, I get that, you know. Um, But I think we're going to be in a world of hurt. It come January, if referees are given up, you know one scored game to go work another one because someone promised them 50 bucks more.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it turns into, and I, and I know it kind of happened a little bit last year. It turns into bidding war between youth organizations and yeah. uh, it's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Yeah. But- it's, yeah. hey you know if they would stop abusing us and stop yelling at us and stop being donkeys they wouldn't have this problem yeah you, you know, know and but, it's
0: and it's interesting because you know you bring that up and i had a good conversation actually with was one of the guys in the group and talked about one of the reasons that he quit was not because it's said it's not because we're not following the rules he says it's not because we don't have provisions to get rid of the abuse it's the fact that it just happens in the first place yeah you know said so that's and, and I, I think that's you know, that's kind of an interesting take on it, but it's understandable, you know. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why I don't want to put myself in a situation where I have to to gas a, a player a coach or a parent, you know, um and obviously that's for youth well, hockey.
1: Yeah, you know, none of us want to want to have to deal with that and like Right. But, you know, yeah. it's just all yeah. I'm going to say there is, is all the guys that are out there grinding with the youth hockey, whether you're up in Canada or you're in the United States, whatever. Keep at it. Yeah. Keep the standard and eventually they will figure it
0: out. Absolutely. You know, that's, and that, and that is the grind, right? That's the you know, the youth hockey grind, there's something Mm -hmm. different about as soon as someone's paying $5, $10 to get in the gate, you know, uh, yeah, it changes. Yeah. To see their, their college or their, you know, their pro team play. um, Yeah, for sure. Right. Like that's, you know, it's different, but it also feels different. It feels less personal, you know, on the ice. Uh, Absolutely. But with youth hockey, just, it feels more personal. Um, Yeah. You know, that's, i don't know how else to describe it is um, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of fun na- you can almost make it fun fun natured ribbing you know the ref you suck chance hey man that means yeah. you know
1: yeah like, that means they're entertained right like yeah, exactly yeah so that it's funny you bring that up so last year first game of the season in orlando i worked opening night there and i was working with two young guys it was like they both worked games in the coast before, but it was their first time working like an opening night. Okay. And we're going up and down the ice penalty. we missed. The crowd thought was a missed call. So we got like 10,000 people chanting ref, you suck. Great. So I skate over to the referee and the line page procedure. I go, congrats, kid. You made it. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Like, You've never refereed a game before until you got 10,000 people telling you how crappy of a ref you are. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Dude, that's awesome. But,
1: But yeah, like it's different when it's entertainment than when it's little Johnny. Right. You know, like the crowd chanting ref you suck or, you know, stuff like that is different from... When like last year, I was working at 18U game. I called a penalty, and a parent yelled up in the, a parent from the stands yells down, "You didn't have to call that, you asshole." Yeah. So then I proceeded to skate over to that team's bench, and be like, "All right, whose dad called me an asshole?" Right. And And one of the kids looks at me and goes, "Oh, that was my dad." Yeah. I was like, "Well, can you tell your dad to leave?" So the yeah. kid stands up, yells across the ice, dad, the ref wants you to leave. <laughs> so the dad just, the dad stood up and left. It was beautiful. Awesome. But yeah, like, I, right, but it's different.
0: Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I, and I think it's because we know, because you know, cause everyone on the ice knows that it's not personal, right. Yeah. But, but when it's a parent,
1: yeah. you know, well, they're taking it. Yeah. When you're on the ice for a high-level game, they're yelling at the stripes. They're not yelling at you, right? When you're on the ice for a youth game, they're yelling at you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, absolutely. Um, speaking, <sighs> let's see what was next on my list of things to talk about. Um, yeah, we got that. Oh, hip, dude, hip checks. Right? Oh, yeah, so hip like, checks. Yes,
0: you know. So this is something that's come up in my, you know, in kind of our locker room settings, our kind of bar settings. Uh, so with the new and this
1: is specifically in youth hockey by the right, way, right
0: specifically in youth hockey this is uh this, this does not have to do uh with any other rule book um but the question the question comes up you know if you see in youth hockey with the new standard of enforcement uh with uh you know having to play the puck first is a traditional hip check legal now or is it is a traditional hip check not legal
1: so the discussions that we've had in my group has basically been, it really depends on the angle. They, the angle of attack, to use yeah. a, an aircraft go. term, nice. it, yeah. it depends on uh airspeed and AOA. So, nice. so yeah. angle of attack. So are they coming in at a 45, skating backwards, angling the guy to the boards, yeah. making the hip check, and then turning and going to play the puck? Or are they coming straight across at a 90, throwing their hip out, trying to flip the guy? Right. And also, too, like, where is their stick when yeah. they're trying to make this play? Yeah, did if, they
0: try to make that legal play on the puck first yeah. or as they're making body
1: So, contact? like, my thought, right, so if they go for the poke check and then throw the hip out, I'm okay with it, right? Because yeah. they're yeah. trying to make that classic defenseman play Right. Check hip, check turn, and go get the puck. I'm okay right. with that. Right now, if there's sticks in the air, if there's no intent to play the puck, if they're only in if their only purpose is to separate or intimidate the opponent from the puck, that's different.
2: But right. If we're
1: trying to make a play, I'm cool with it. What about you? What's and your I, group I, of the thing?
0: Yeah, so we kind of came up with the same idea, right? Is that as you know if you're if you're playing the angles to the boards right you can make that argument of hey there's angling in their you know in their mm-hmm. skating lane because every player is entitled to their skating lane yep. um and so that's and, and angling into the boards is always good i think that yeah where that stick is if their stick is on the opposite side of their body and it's trailing you know and they and they go in um you know, and do the big okay, get low and then accelerate through their hip, you know, through their legs yep. or hips and just flip the guy. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to go. Um, but if, if they're, if they're keeping their lane, if their stick is, uh, attempting to make a play, if they're attempting to play, make a play on the puck, I think it's good. I think that the, uh, you know, the big open ice hip, I think the days of the big open ice hip checks in youth hockey are gone. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that's, that's something that, um, which you would see a lot of given the nature of the size, that's one, one place where a smaller player may have had an advantage yep. over a bigger player. Um,
1: Absolutely. But I think
0: now it's, it's just, you know, that, that, that falls into the big player, lighten up the little player with a shoulder check. Right.
1: So, mm-hmm.
0: um, so yeah, so I, I think that's, but it's a good discussion to have, take Absolutely. it back to your kind of referees room, you know, like everyone who's listening, take it back to your associations and, and think about, you know, where you have that, uh, because yeah, it's just a good, it's good discussion to have that stuff, you know?
1: And so, and another thing came up, we, uh, we did. So this weekend we did a, or yesterday, um, we did our last level one, two seminar of the year. Um, we did it. The Tampa Bay lightning were gracious enough to set us up at Emily arena. Nice. So our ice session was on the ice at, the home of the three time Stanley <laughs> Cup champion Tampa Bay right. Lightning should have been four, but they, yeah, ran, well. they, they ran out of gas. I'm not, I'm, I'm not upset, but I'm upset. But anyway, they,
0: they skated a lot of games, they
1: did, uh, yeah, like 300 games in a thousand days. Yeah, that's a lot. Of games. So, anywho, so we did the seminar there, and the coolest part about the seminar was. After 20 years of trying, I finally got my sister to sign up to be a referee. Nice. So I am very much looking forward to getting her completely registered and getting on the ice and doing like 12 U rec games with my sister. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, But one of the things that came up, because obviously we're talking the rule changes. Yeah. And the we had a lot of adults there so and obviously they all work men's league and we all know in men's league uh now the five minute major penalty you don't have to put a guy in the box and they can substitute from the bench right for adults well there's one little caveat to the rule that isn't covered in the rule book and we had to ask uh the guys in colorado um So Charlie O'Connor, who is our seminar coordinator and like the guy here, like, and I help out with everything, but Charlie runs the show. I'm just there to help. Uh, Charlie reached out and was like, Hey, what happens if we get a five, an adult and a two? Mm. You got to serve the major first. Yes. You have to serve the major first. And right. the rule, the exception for the substituting from the bench only applies to majors. Right. So what happens if you drop the puck and you go seven minutes without a whistle? Nobody can return.
0: Right. Yeah. Is USA they because, said. Be, because on the minor penalty, you got to come back from the penalty.
1: From box. the penalty box. Yeah. So basically USA was like. oh Oh. crap we forgot to put we didn't realize that and did it put it in the book so what you would do is you would tell the team all right so for the first five minutes you don't need anybody in the box right but at some point in that first five minutes or after that five minutes is up at a whistle you have to put someone in the box otherwise no one can come out when the the second when the minor is up right and, th- which, and that's the way it
0: used to be right it used yes. to be you didn't have to put someone in right away yeah, so you could substitute yeah
1: so and and honestly so my response to that was well you can avoid the situation altogether by just not calling it five and a two yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah exactly
1: like yeah okay whatever just kick him out it's done yeah five you know. game you're not getting a seven minute power play yeah <laughs> But yeah, it was just it was one of those things that came up, and I figured I would share. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Absolutely, and obviously, like there's all sorts of little rules. Like, oh, speaking of like digging into the rule book, my junior game Friday, first period, five minutes to go, it's zero zero. Or first period, no big deal, playing up and down. Yeah, we get a mad scramble at the net. The puck gets behind the goaltender for the home team. The defenseman bends over, picks the puck up from the ice, and throws it into the corner.
0: I mean, that's so (laughs) shit.
1: And I'm just like.
0: Did that just happen? Do I really have to do this right now?
1: That didn't even go through my head. I'm like, that's a penalty shot. Yeah. I hammer the whistle, hands up over the head, crossed point the center ice and then i'm like all right cool penalty shot i start to skate to the home team's bench to be like hey here's what happened the coach just gave me the thumbs up oh wow because he was like (laughs) yep oh oh, man so then obviously the the second period was the butt end and then in the third period um we had uh it was it's a one goal game, right? So right yeah. now the difference in the game is the penalty shot goal.
2: Oh it's, man. It's,
1: it's 4 to 3 for uh the visiting team. So then so home team pulls the goalie. You know, 30 seconds left. Guy on the visiting team blocks a shot and goes. Oh wow. So empty net breakaway. What happens? The defenseman pulls him down from behind. Blow the whistle right away, awarded yeah. goal.
0: Yeah, but say at that point, that's and an then
1: goal. with it being the NCAA rule book, guess what happens? Oh no! The guy that pulled him down, yeah, has to sit his minor for hooking.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he gets a minor, and it still is an awarded goal. It's yeah, an awarded goal, and to... he
1: goes to the box. And he goes to the box. What? <laughs> a, what a beautiful like. I didn't just... even... Yeah. Wow. Wild stuff. <laughs> Be
0: like the the worst possible thing he could have done.
1: Yeah, was that? Well, I mean, the only thing more, the only other thing worse would have been like throwing a stick or yeah. But it was still just like, man, talk about using the rule book in this game. Yeah. Wow. So we have to talk about our guests.
0: Yep, absolutely, Sam and Amanda.
1: So this week's episode, our guests are. Amanda Tasani and Sam Hiller, they are just coming off the women's world championships. Absolutely, they are two of the women that got the email, phone call, invite to work the American Hockey League. Yep. Um, Amanda worked. S- okay, I'm going to mess this up. Amanda worked five, and I think Sam said she worked six. Am Something right- like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and listen to him. Talk about that was awesome goosebumps. Uh, and then obviously talking about worlds, talking about, you know, go, you know, going up through the system, um, the whole bit, it's an amazing interview. It was definitely like, it was our first time interviewing two people at once. And it honestly, it went, it went very smooth. You know, like it was definitely a little challenging interviewing two people.
0: Absolutely. But
1: I tell you what, they were amazing. It's an awesome interview. And like, right when we got done, I was like, man, I can't wait for everybody to hear this.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, and, uh, and for anybody who's in the officiating world, if if they're not on your radar, uh, as far as folks to watch, uh, Um, to learn something from, uh, they should be. And they will be after you listen to this. If you listen, they're really cool people. Uh, and, um, yeah, they've got a really cool story to tell. And, and we I've really enjoyed talking to them and let them, you know, letting them share their story. It's actually really
1: great. So Absolutely. So we'll go ahead and kick it over to uh, the interview. And uh, we'll be back after to wrap things up for this episode. Everybody, today's interview is very special. We are joined by Amanda Dasani and Samantha Hiller. Who just came back from Women's World Championships in Denmark, uh, ladies? Welcome to the podcast.
3: Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm getting-
1: super excited you
0: guys are here, man. This is this is awesome, right? So, uh, yeah, um, I think Ross and I <laughs> both want to know, right? So as we as we get into things and, and all, but like, hey, where where did you guys start a fishing?s Right? So so Amanda, where did you? Like, do you remember your first game? Like, where did you start? Where are you from? What? What is What is your story?
3: Do I remember my first game? Uh, every ref remembers their first game because <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, yeah, so I'm born and raised in Rhode Island. Uh, I went to college at the University of Rhode Island. And when I was graduating college, that's when I started refereeing. Um, so it's probably been... It's been 12 seasons now since I began my officiating career uh, and I definitely remember my first game it was at the Smithfield ice rink in Rhode Island so a small town actually where I grew up and I can remember the first goal being scored and I picked up the puck and I went to go drop it And my partner looked at me and he was like what's happening right now and I was like dropping the puck and he's like but you have to like go tell the scorekeeper who scored and I was like oh my gosh that's my job um, so yeah, I think we all remember it. It's, you know, you look back on those moments and realize how far you've come and how much yeah. can really change over the course of such a short amount of time. And I can say that, you know, when I first started this path in officiating, I definitely never knew any of this existed. And I certainly never expected any of this to happen.
0: So, so did you play like first, like, so if you start, did you start older a little bit? Like, cause like, you know, Ross and I started of were 12 well, that when what what age were you when you started?
3: Yeah, I started playing when I was two and a half. My I have an older brother, and he played hockey, and my dad played hockey, and I just wanted to be like them. Um, okay. So I started awesome. skating right away. Yeah, and I okay. played through high school and through college, and then you know, hockey was such a big part of my life that when it was time to graduate college, I wanted to find another way to stay involved in the game and stay on the ice, oh. and that's how I ended up here. Oh wow, Sam.
0: So oh. the uh, the meat hooks of, like, USA Hockey's, like, you know, advertising towards, hey, keep keep skating I actually worked on you. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and, for
1: sure. And and Sam, so your first game.
2: Gosh, similar to Amanda, uh, started when I was 12. Um, so then, let's see, my first game, what I do remember about it specifically um, is that I was – you know the first stoppage of play I like I was waiting for a whistle and I was like looking around like, <laughs> like I was like and then real wait I am the whistle like I <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: funny oh you know it's funny because I sometimes do that too still like I wonder when the whistle oh wait <laughs> Oh. and Sam yeah. so did you play growing up
2: Uh, I did. I started playing when I was eight. I started seven. I spent a whole year. uh, My mom took me to public skates and I just skated for a year uh, before my mom put me on a team. (laughs) And uh, so I started playing. I played through high school. um, And when I was going off to college, that was when I first went to my, I went to regional camp at the time is what it was called. Uh, Camp right before college. Um, and really that was my first experience at like a referee camp or an officiating camp. And I absolutely loved it. Like I, I love camp. I love the girl. Oh,
1: I think we, we, you cut out for a second there, Sam.
2: <laughs> Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, it's, it's in and out, but I think we got you back.
2: Um, so I do live in kind of the boonies of Illinois. so Okay, um, fair. So, yeah, I, where did I cut out at?
0: You, you went to regional camp, and you're like, hey, this is actually pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I yeah, loved it. Um, the girls were great. It was a, a really great camp. I At that point, I thought I was still going to play college hockey. Uh, that's kind of why I went out to Minnesota. I was going to try to, like, walk onto a team and um, mm-hmm. got there and – I was like, you know what? I really, I like this officiating thing. This is, this is good. Um, So I just kept on uh, with that and kind of where my playing career ended and my true officiating career like started and um, never looked back on that.
1: That's awesome. And so Amanda said she's from Rhode Island. Sam, where are you originally from?
2: I'm from Colorado originally. Colorado. Um,
1: Okay. So been a little bit everywhere then.
2: I've definitely moved around a lot. (laughs) Okay, yeah. cool. So
1: for both of you then, right? So you're both products of the camp system with USA. So you've both done, you know, your regionals, your, um, what regional national elite, is that right for women?
2: Yeah, that's what it was.
1: Okay. So for this, for the both of you, uh, what did the camp system do? and and all that do for you as far as like meeting other female officials and like growing your game and all that so then this you know both yeah you.
2: Amanda you want this one <laughs> sure. yeah so um
3: so actually when my when I first started officiating I was doing a lot of college hockey um when I got into it a little bit more and I was doing a, a prep school game for Paul Stewart and I ran into Jenny Cameron, um, actually, and she it was the first time we had ever met. Uh, I had never met another female official really until that point because there weren't, weren't too many in my area. Um, and she was like, hey, you need to go to camp. Um, you know, I, I didn't even know there were other females in the area that hadn't been and she kind of pushed me along. Uh, So then I went, I went to Futures Camp, which is what it was called when I was going through. And that experience really opened the door to me to a whole new world. Um, You know, just meeting the girls and learning what was out there and really opening my mind to what the potentials were for officiating was a a completely different outlook on officiating than I had just working locally where I was from. And that really progressed quickly. Um, I went, to Futures Camp, and then that following year, Elite Camp, uh, and then, you know, right into it from there. But I did wait about four years, not me personally, but it was about four years after my Elite Camp experience to when I first got my first IHF assignment. So, you know, there was a lot of growth and development in there. But I also, two years, two summers ago, had the ability to instruct at Futures Camp. And honestly, it is so cool that there's so much support, especially from USA Hockey on the development side of things to grow the game for women's officiating. And I think, you know, there's so much opportunity there and USA Hockey is so invested in all of us to be better and to develop at whatever rate we want to and go as far as we want to take it. And we should all really capitalize on that because it's, it's so cool that our country really does invest into us. And we have those opportunities that a lot of other places don't.
0: Yeah. Like, so you, you bring up a good point that I I think is, is like, is cool. Right. So you said like, you didn't, you didn't see another, another female official until you got like to a certain level where I think a lot of us like take that for granted. So, you know, um, Dude, that's awesome you know to be able to say hey okay i'm gonna to go to futures camp how does that how did that like suddenly and that just kind of exploded so you're like hey i'm going to futures camp suddenly i'm surrounded by uh like-minded in you know like-minded folks yeah. who are who are uh, who want to continue on and suddenly you're like this is how i do it right so that's pretty cool like and that 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 was that that I, so i will say that's something that that has been lacking even even us in the southeast district when I was coming up we we had a lot of issues where we'd always tell women like hey like the world's your oyster in hockey it's like okay cool how do I get to the next level well I don't know you know like so and I mean I hate to say it that way but that's what it was you know I, I can No, remember, it's true it's true you know?
3: and I come from a really small state where there wasn't a lot of knowledge about the opportunities that were out there and there is one other female official who Michaela already who was coming up through, um, but her career with the IHF and with USA, USA Hockey was really kind of at the tail end when mine was beginning. Okay. So, you know, as much as she would have loved to mentor me and push me through those programs, our paths just didn't quite match. Um, because when I finished college, there was a small gap and then that's kind of where her officiating career was tailing off. And I missed that opportunity. And for me, if, you know, and for a lot of people, if you miss that one moment where there is somebody to guide you that can help you along the way, um, then a lot of doors that could be open, you never even realize existed. So lucky, luckily for me, I ran into Jenny not too long after, and she kind of pushed me along and showed me the way. But it's definitely true if you come from an area where there isn't a lot of knowledge or support, um, you really just don't even know that those opportunities exist. And that's what we're here for now, right? We are trying to make sure that we're spreading the word um, and and getting into all of those areas where there may be female officials that don't know what's available to them and people that aren't even officiating yet to show them what officiating can offer.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, so Sam, right? So your your regional camp experience, right? So you 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 went to the re, so you went to the old school system, which was like that's a product that I'm of, right? The the old regional national elite camp, um, and then someone got a pay raise for just changing the names, uh, but you know, um, yeah. So what's so what so like what where did you go? How how did you get there? You know, what's your similar story?
2: So. Oh when I started, uh, cause I was just playing, I was, you know, 12 years old and actually the person who recruited me, if you will, <laughs> to start officiating was CC Morris, uh, CC Strom. So she and her dad used to referee my games in Colorado. Um, she's a couple of years older than me. So, you know, her dad and her were like, Hey, you should try this out. You might like it. So I immediately already had, uh, a female who was passionate about officiating um, kind of guiding me and saying like, Hey, you got to do this. Um, and Jackie presser, Jackie Wilson was also living in the area and she and CC and I were all kind of bonded together. And we, I had these two great women to look up to and kind of guide me through like, Hey, this is, if you want to do this, like, let's start doing these games. This is how you register. Um, so I just kind of lucked out being in the right place, the right time meeting the right people. Uh, and having that guidance from them really put me in the right places when at a young age. So I knew about regional camp right about when I was eligible to apply for it. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think I was 18 years old when I went and, uh, I went out there and, uh, a lot of my camp had a lot of incredible women at it that I'm still close to, um, we talked about Jenny Cameron. Jenny Cameron and I went through all our camps together. Um, Kendall Hanley. Um, so, and Jamie Huntley, you know, like all those great women were at my camp. Um, and so we had just a phenomenal, there's no way you could go to a camp with those kinds of people and not come out of it. Uh, just feeling passionate about the game and about officiating. So, uh, mm-hmm. when, and like I said, I was kind of young. So yeah, it took a while for me to. Um, I think I went to elite or it was the uh, national elite, regional and then elite camp. They went to right then elite. Uh, we didn't have a national camp that was, I think that was on the men's side. Um, okay, that's right. So went to regional camp, went to elite camp a few years later, or maybe, yeah, two years later. Um, and that's where I got my international license. So, um, at that point, I just kind of—I think my first tournament. I was twenty-one, uh, and it was my first time out of the country, and uh, I was just so shocked. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like,
1: Wh- I- where'd you go?
2: China. <laughs> so,
1: China. Oh, wow. first time out of the country. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They're sending you China right off the rip. <laughs> oh, geez,
0: that's wow. I mean, cool. <laughs> I-, I would be, I would be shaking my boots right if my. If my first time out of the country uh, at 21 years old, you're like knowing where I was at 21, which is not uh, very, not (laughs) very uh, mature at all going to China that uh, I'd probably still be there in jail somewhere. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, we, uh, Michaela Fraderelli, lucky for me, she was going there too. Uh, so I got to meet her and work with her and she kind of looked out for me when we were out there. Um, so it was nice to have, uh, have somebody like her there. Um, but yeah, those, those camps really do. They're a great experience for the individual as far as teaching and getting some more information, uh, about officiating. But I feel like the biggest thing I took from those camps was the relationships that I made. And the, the women that I met there and the like-minded people you were talking about, uh, just being able to connect, have those connections throughout the country and, you know, being able to talk to all these women and go through that same experience together uh, really makes it that, I mean, and I feel like that is what drives a lot of people in officiating is being able to work with your friends and these people that you've established relationships with. You know, we all love, them, but you come away with these lifelong nice relationships that really, are unparalleled to anything else. Um, so I think, uh, for me, it was going to those camps, having those tough experiences with those women and just having these friends that I've even to this day still have.
1: Yeah. It's a community that I wouldn't trade for anything. You know, we all of our best friends, like the four of us, I'm sure. Like just like most of the people that have been doing this a while, like most of our best friends are other referees that we've, you know, that we've uh met along the way and shared these experiences with so sam so you said your first international assignments in china amanda where was yours
3: um wisconsin wisconsin, wisconsin. <laughs> it's, the it's the same thing ross it's the same thing wisconsin <laughs> said, china same yeah.
0: thing it's like she says like um
1: Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, at least in wisconsin you can go down the street and get uh, some culvers and some cheese curds and yeah. <laughs>
3: exactly I told you, same thing
1: <laughs> absolutely amazing so amanda uh last year i was at the symposium and you got to go up and give a, a nutrition and wellness and health speech
3: mm-hmm. and i
1: understand that's what you do in real life like as your real job Yes. Um, so talk a little bit about that. What was that like to get to uh, present at the officiating symposium?
3: You know, it's really cool when your real life and your fake life come together and meet in the middle. Um, no, truly, though, I think, you know, I went to school for six and a half years for um, kinesiology, exercise science and nutrition And I, it's really my passion in life. Um, I get to say every day that I go to work and do what I love and that's in both aspects, right? So not only do I get to do what I love in my real job every day, but I also get to do what I love in my second job or my hobby afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had the, the pleasure of being able to present at that symposium two years in a row now. And you know, it's it's really rewarding for me to be able to share my knowledge and apply what I do in my day job to the, the officials that may want to use it. Right. So it's it's really great for my two passions to come together and for USA Hockey to leverage that and offer me the ability to, to talk about it and to share that knowledge and hope that it helps somebody else out there in their officiating career be better um, in whatever that means to them.
1: Yeah, I just, I remember you giving the presentation. I was like, man, this girl knows her stuff. Like, this is awesome.
3: You are, I appreciate
2: that.
1: Oh, yeah. Great school too there. Um, My uh, my whole family is from Rhode Island. So I'm sure we could uh, have a sidebar conversation about all the great places to eat and all the amazing (laughs) Italian food. So, and then Sam, you're a real life superhero. Since you are a uh, EMT firefighter, um, talk about that a little bit.
2: Um, yeah. So like Amanda said, you know, you get to go to work every day and, uh, do what you love. It's not even work. You know, you just get to wake up and do something you love that day. I went to uh, paramedic school and I first moved here to Illinois. Um, I was an EMT in Colorado, um, for a couple of years, moved out here, uh, established myself, went to fire Academy, everything like that. um, and started my career in the fire service and it's really you know sometimes and like I would hate for anything to ever happen but it's kind of nice that like when stuff has happened I've been there for it and um mm-hmm. you know having and just being able to do something about it and um just kind of putting that you know sometimes those fields do cross uh, and it's it's nice just being able to take care of people around me and um but I do like uh, the flexibility that my job gives me as well. I think it's one of those rare careers where, uh, you know, I work 24 hours on, I work 48 hours off. So, get you know, if I get a trade, if I've got a hockey tournament to go to or something, I can get a trade and get days off. Happen with a little bit less, you know, issue than if I had a normal job where I was working every day. So, yeah, I'm. Great does give me a little bit more flexibility with my schedule, which is nice and allows me to go ref the games that I want to work. And uh
1: and that was uh, actually, you know, it's funny you bring because that was going to be my segue, right? Because both of you have um, you know, the opportunity to travel the world doing what you're doing. And especially, you know, the the trip to Denmark you got you both uh you both just had. Um, so with the flexibility of that, like what's, what's the process, especially like, um, you know, the guys at the top, uh, on the NHL side, right. It's their full-time do- job to be referees, right. That's all they do. All the rest of us have to manage work and life and all that. So, you know, when you know, you have this kind of a big time tournament coming up, uh, that we're going to get into, um, managing your, you know, your time gets a little complicated, um, How, how did both of you guys kind of prep for this, really this whole last year leading into uh, your world championship?
3: Yeah. So for me, um, prep is just, you know, my normal everyday routine. Uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. I work in, in gyms, so I never miss my workouts and that's my escape from my day-to-day life. Um, So it's just working a lot of hockey and, recognizing your weaknesses and working on those weaknesses to make sure that you're going to be better for when the time arises, where you have to be on a bigger stage and you have to be able to perform. Um, I'm really blessed that I work for a company and I work for a boss who is super, super supportive of what I do on my off time and feels that work, work work-life balance really is the number one to making us successful as a team. So for me, um, it's, it's really easy to, to get away from work and know that I'm supported on the back end. The harder part is really taking a break from family, right? So for us, mm-hmm. you know, when we're away in that time, and it's the same for the men, I'm sure, um, but being away from home for that long can be tough. Um, and, and being away from your home responsibilities can be tough. But, you know, making sure that you have that support system behind you so that you're 100% there both physically and mentally, and you can show up without having to worry about anything else in the background is really important. And I'm really lucky to have that support system behind me on a personal level and also on a professional level.
0: Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's something that like, I, I think that resonates across boundaries where, you know, Hey, if, if everyone at home is happy, like you can be happy, you know, whatever you're doing like, with me in the military, with, with even with Ross sitting you know, uh, sitting in his, his little closet, right? If he's (laughs) happy, he's not doing that job. Right. But I mean, it's the same thing, you know, so, um, you know, I, I guess that's one thing that, that, uh, especially as an official, you know, if if you're in a high stress scenario and you're worried about something else, you're not on top of your game. Right. Um, I think that's important. You know, one thing I want to ask you real quick. So what is one of those things, As an official that you know when you're like hey you recognize hey I need to work on this, you know how do you approach that, how do you approach like hey I need to. You know whether it's I mean it could be something like hey here's you know how yeah how do you recognize hey i'm not as good as this, I want to be then, how do you go about like thinking about what you want to do. To fix it realizing hey there might not be a supervisor in the stands. Um, you know, every night to, to tell you whether you're doing well on that or not.
3: Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes it's a character flaw for a lot of us in the officiating world, right? Like we're all our biggest critics um, and we're all the first ones to say when we could be better. And when we need to work on things, Uh, a lot of it is watching, watching a lot of hockey, watching ourselves in games, taking that feedback from our evaluators, taking that feedback from the other people that are on the ice. And Knowing that it's not necessarily negative feedback, that that feedback can only help us get better. Um, And and that's important to all of us. I think, you know, when you're on the ice, when you're in a situation and it just doesn't feel right. And when that situation arises more often, then those are the things that you really need to focus on and work on moving forward. Same for you. Cool. Yeah.
2: That's watching a lot of people do it, you know, watching I like to watch other officials. I like to see what they do that I like, what they do that, you know, is different than what I do, um, that I get something to work on. Like Amanda said, it's not, not necessarily a bad thing. It's stuff that like can make us better and improve our game. You know, everyone's just looking out for each other, trying to, trying to be the best team on the ice, you know? So if you can upload give some positive feedback, you know, even when we were at our tournament, you know, the girls, we, we give each other feedback, like, Hey, did you see anything? Did you see this? What do you think about this? We're always bouncing stuff off of each other because, you know, uh, you never stop learning. This is an ever evolving game. It's an ever evolving, um, art for a lot of us. And it's something that we will constantly work on and constantly trying to be better at. So for me, like I, I, I try to take whatever feedback i can get and immediately apply it and sometimes you know sometimes it's a big bite to chew and i'm out there like trying to make this big adjustment um and sometimes and you know my mom who watches one of my games like she'll know when i'm trying to do something and she's like were you trying to and i was like yeah and she's like don't do that she's like let's start (laughs) just
0: just don't do that i love it yeah i love it just don't do that
1: so Interesting, both of you last summer at some point got a really awesome phone call. Um, you were yeah. both part of something pretty awesome to happen in the officiating community, and I think you both know what I'm talking about here. Um what was that like to get that phone call from the American League?
0: And was there like rumblings beforehand? Like, like what had happened? Like, was that just out of the blue, or like, was there something where where you guys were hearing like, hey, this this thing could be an issue. You guys could be on a list of like, you know, uh,
1: well, not really an issue, but a possibility.
0: Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Like not an issue, but like, yeah, Is this a possibility? Like, were you guys hearing some rumblings, or or did it just suddenly come out and you're like, hey, by the way, this is happening, and uh, welcome to like yeah yeah like what wh- like like what happened you know like like, how did how did this all go down this is really cool because this is uh yeah
2: <laughs> um, sorry i'm trying to get into a better wi-fi space
3: <laughs> okay all good
2: i keep, uh, um, I keep, I keep i'll take cut. it
3: while sam does that
2: yeah. um <laughs> yeah. it
3: was it was definitely a surprise for us um I I don't think it was ever an expectation for us. You know, we showed up to training. We showed up to the combine in the middle of summer with, you know, intentions to just take all of the feedback they could offer us and use it to grow in our (laughs) own career. Um, And it was a different perspective and a different viewpoint for us that we had never heard before. And so it was an interesting new opportunity that we were like, Hey, let's take this and run with it and see what they can offer to us to help us get better in our careers. Um, and then we were invited to training camp in the fall and at training camp, that's where we found out that we were going to be a part of the staff Mm -hmm. and this opportunity if we wanted to, and then we just took it and ran with it from there. So I wouldn't say that it was expected. It was definitely a surprise, but it was, it was a great surprise. And it was really, really cool to be a part of something that will forever be history for us, you know?
0: Sure yeah I mean that's that's awesome like how was that like so you so so you're essentially invited to training camps and then and you kind of find out at the training camp hey by the way you know like it wasn't hey walking in, it was like hey by the way welcome to the staff you're like well
2: well it was like email basically so like when we went to the NHL combine I don't know about Amanda but um I just wanted to go to the combine and see like okay let's see how this pans out you know like I didn't have any expectations I just wanted to go there and perform and meet people and see what came of it um so when we got invited to camp uh I was like wow like this is gonna be awesome you know and we got this email like hey we want you guys to full-time ref or that the referee camp yeah. uh, and so we were like okay let's go to that um that email was a surprise to me because mm-hmm. I did not expect to be I don't know I know that people were talking about you know this being a possibility, but I didn't know how real it was. Uh, so going to camp, I think it kind of hit me when we were getting like you saw your name on the sheet and a number, like your your sweater number. And yeah. I was like, and for me, I was like, oh, I'm not just at a camp, you know, like I'm not just at another camp where I'm like a prospect of whatever. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was like a you saw your number there, and you're like, wait, that's that's my number like (laughs) okay uh and I was like you know but until I until I work a game you know then it'll be real and then like things kept happening and you were like oh my god like I got an assignment oh my god I'm at the rink like (laughs) and it was like (laughs) it became more and more real to me and then the moment you step on the ice you're like it's here like this is it and to me that like it still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it but Um, for me it took a lot of convincing you know because you have this dream your whole life and then you know you're finally getting into those positions and you're like wow like it's real now like it's and you never thought it would be because in the time I started officiating you know I'm pretty sure most people would have said like yeah that probably won't happen in your lifetime (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Um, but here we are and it's just so it was really cool
1: and so, Sam, where did you work your first game?
2: My first game was uh, right here in Chicago. <laughs> so I had uh, Chicago and um, Milwaukee. Okay. So that was my first game it was great because uh, a lot of my friends were able to come and my family was able to come out for it. And uh, it was very special. Oh, so.
1: I, can, I can only imagine. And Amanda?
3: Mine was in Hershey. Uh, Oh, wow.
1: Okay. (laughs) What a bar. What a bar in Hershey. It
3: was a a Sunday game in Hershey. um, And Hershey packs the house on Sundays. So it was a really, really cool and slightly overwhelming at first, but really (laughs) cool. Yeah. (laughs) So I
1: I assume similar to what Sam was saying like, hey, it's game day. Hey, I'm at the rink. Hey, it's time to get on the ice.
0: Did, yeah, did, anybody, sure. did anybody make you guys take a hot lap? Right? Like, did anybody do the like, <laughs> welcome, welcome <laughs> to the game? Like, here's your hot lap.
2: You know? I don't, of course they I did. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> love it. I looked over my shoulder to make sure they were coming out with me. <laughs> 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 I had no face. I was like, no way. I'm going to step on this sheet and I'm going to make sure that they're right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to i don't want to name names but somebody definitely stole the show on all of our hot laps uh when his yeah. his uh helmet went under the pyrotechnic cart
1: oh no, oh, no. that's awesome oh my goodness
2: that's <laughs>
3: brilliant.
1: oh my goodness so you were out there for your first lap and one of the guys uh went down, eh?
2: He, yeah, he kind of spilled and uh, his bucket came off and went right under the pyrotechnic cart it's, and <laughs> It's
1: it's better that it happened to
0: him than it happened to you, right? Like that's <laughs> like, cuz that would be the worst like hey by the way I'm working my first game in the league, I totally <laughs> took a spill. Yeah, like yeah, like at least I wasn't right? So you know the game can't get any worse because at least you're doing better than that guy.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: like
2: like all the nerves are gone because we're just sitting here laughing at him. <laughs> so yep.
1: like, That's good. awesome. That's awesome. So then well, now you drop the puck. Like what's it's, what what was it like? Like the experience for both of you, you know?
2: It, it was just uh, you know, I came up to the to the dot and both the centers were congratulating me on being yeah. there. Um, the players were really supportive in that first game. And, um, you know, they were like, welcome to the league, congratulations, like awesome that you're out here. Um, And, you know, you had the support of everyone in your crew. I had a phenomenal crew um, and I continued to have, you know, great people to work with throughout the season. But that that opening crew really had my back um, and I knew, you know, a couple of them really well. So it was just a very comfortable. I felt almost almost comfortable in that spot. Just knowing, mm-hmm. like the people that that I love the most were in that building, um, and that I had the support behind me to be standing where I was, you know. And every every accumulation of every moment, officiating and skating and whatever that I've had with this game, coming to that moment was just like it felt powerful, like it felt really strong inside of me. But all, almost made me comfortable that, like, look at all the stuff coming together, like everything manifesting into this mm-hmm. moment, and. Uh, that was really special to me,
1: Amanda. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was so, when I was, does, like, so when does it become
0: routine, right? So like, when does it become? Well, great, hold
1: so we on. We, got, we got to hear. We got to hear about about her. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sam. Sam really did say it perfectly. I think that resonates with all of us that had that moment on the ice. Um, you know, we were really blessed to be with phenomenal crews that. You know, when we felt uncomfortable, they helped us get back to co- that comfort zone. Um, and, you know, all, all of the people surrounding us in those moments were really, really supportive. And that definitely helped. It is certainly a, mem- a memory that none of us will ever, ever forget. And it never gets, it it's never gets you know, not memorable for lack of a better term. Like every single time I've hit the ice in one of those games, it has been one of those memorable moments where you're just like, holy crap, I'm here and we're doing this. Um, And I hope that that never goes away. Honestly. Like I hope that every experience doing those games and all of the big games from here on out are like that because it's a feeling that you just, there's no words. You just, you can't replicate it. Um, and I hope everybody gets to experience it at some point in their careers.
0: That's awesome. Like you know, and I it, it's it's one of those things that are, So I remember when uh, you know when you guys started when the, the the press releases started coming out about hey you guys are working and when you're working your first games and you know and and uh, man, there are three so I, I think there are three officials that I that I always like point back to you who had a big had a big impact in my officiating career uh as well um you know and that's Stacy Livingston and it's Chrissy Langley and Aaron Blair right so like there are three women who um you know like had huge impacts on my you know my officiating career when Stacy living in Richmond um when she worked uh, when she worked the Olympics um and and worked the the that gold medal game and uh you know taught me a lot about how to how to you know how to manage a game, how to call a game, and then getting into the program, and it's Hey, that's when I met Christine Aaron, and, and you know I think that uh, you know uh, everyone was proud right like that's kind of, one of those things where it's like it's it's about time. It was one of those things where hey um, the yeah the the giants that the of the shoulders we all stand on right like that that I think that's important to kind of like yeah just say hey um, it's awesome so
1: well yeah because obviously the people that you know blaze the trail before you you know set you up for for where you're at and it's it's been awesome to watch the the development of the women's officiating and the women's game just in general right with you know usa and canada and the olympics and now obviously the women work in the american league um so throughout the season um you know, the more games you, you did, obviously you felt more comfortable out there, I'd assume. And I know Amanda said, right, it was it was awesome every single time and, and the moment, right? That feeling that you were describing. Um now, how many how many games did each of you end up working last year?
2: I worked six.
1: Six, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Five for me.
1: That's awesome. That's so yeah. Cool and then when so now obviously too right so we got your work in your american league stuff you get in those assignments and you're still working your i guess d1 women's hockey correct and For me, yeah. okay yeah and then um when did you uh when did you f- to find out about the world championships or when that was going to be a possibility or when that was coming around
3: those assignments came out for world, for Denmark. It was probably mid April. If I okay. remember somewhere around there.
1: Okay. So towards the end of the season, then as, as mm-hmm. we're winding down mm-hmm. and obviously with it being kind of weird, cause normally women's worlds isn't in late August, early September. Correct.
3: Well, this is the first year they've done a women's world championship in an Olympic year. Oh, so the-
1: that's yeah. right. Yeah.
3: The goal is to keep this this August tournament moving forward during Olympic years.
1: Okay, yeah, Mm because I know obviously with the men, they go Olympics and then like two months later, hey, it's World Mm -hmm. Championships. Exactly. Okay, so I didn't realize that this was the first time we had women's worlds the same year as the Olympics. Yep. So then obviously we work through the season and we're you know we're all ready to go home and hang up our gear for the summer right in april we're all just we're done right and then oh hey uh guess what you're going to worlds
2: so just getting and it's mic. not
0: and it's not wisconsin right it's, you know, it's not wisconsin
2: well
3: I mean... um w- it was wisconsin for me first so um i was supposed to go to u18s world okay. championship in sweden in january and that tournament got canceled for covid um so wisconsin was sweden uh that tournament took place the first week and a half of june so my gear really never did get hung up um i had that tournament in june and then um denmark in august
0: uh wait wait so you were supposed to be able to go to sweden and then covid happened right and And
3: then i got wisconsin and then she went wisconsin
0: oh uh, so you say so thing first...
3: as china and sweden
0: yeah but to say yeah so so here's sam talking about like you know like hey she's going to these great places and you're like i've got my ihf cert like i've got my card like this is great i'm going places in the world i'm gonna have you know and you're like cool we're going to wisconsin and you're like sweet
2: place i was supposed to be in wisconsin with her um, okay i had to take uh a mandatory class for my department. So that okay. was one of the crossroads that like my department's very understanding. They support uh-huh. everything, but sometimes you have to make that tough decision of like, okay, like that's the, you know, I gotta, I gotta make everybody happy a little bit, you know, so. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, makes it makes sense. And I think, um, you know, USA hockey, the IHF, they were really understanding um, mm-hmm. about that situation. Cause I was supposed to go to Wisconsin with Amanda and, uh, so I kind of missed out on that one, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. so,
0: but <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, so, but so Amanda, so were you like Wisconsin again, really? Right. So when, when Denmark, no. happened, when, when Denmark not happened, we were like, well, it's about time.
3: You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, not at all. Actually, it was really, uh, I felt like it took a little bit of the stress off of my plate because yeah, my yeah. first tournament was in the States. And while I would have loved that experience to go to Sweden and to have a you know another place checked off my bucket list, it yeah. did take a little bit of the stress off my plate to know that I was going to be not only in, in the US but also in a rink that I've skated in, in the past. Um, so in, in 2019, when you know working the Division one route, Um, I was working with a crew that was slated to go to the Frozen Four, and we got sent out to Wisconsin to do a semi or quarterfinal game. Uh, It was Wisco versus Syracuse. So I'd actually been in that rink. I'd skated in that rink. I'd been comfortable in that facility. Um, And for me, that was a little bit of home that made it a little bit easier to transition. So while it would have been cool to go to Sweden, it was also a little bit less stressful to stay local. Awesome.
0: So on that vein, right? So Sam, so talk about like, so this is one thing I asked, I asked Sean, gosh, it's been a couple of weeks ago, but like, so you, you go to China, right? Like, what kind of like, how much of the language barrier, right? Is hockey hockey? Or like, was there still a language barrier of like, hey, you're trying to explain a call to a coach and the coach is like, yeah, I don't speak that language, you know, like how, how much of that. And then how much of that also like, and this is for both of you, how much of that also affects, um, you know, your communication on the ice as you're trying to work with other, other officials that, that English is not, you know, I would say English is not their primary language, but really it's our primary language is not Swedish or, you know, right. Yeah.
2: For the most part, um, Hockey, for the most part, hockey is hockey, right? And that's, yeah. that is the beauty of all of this is that you can go to any country in the world and play this game and share, share this game with anybody regardless of how they communicate. Um, and I, I love that. I love that it's a universal language. Um, for the countries that, you know, English is not the primary language. A lot of countries in the world speak multiple languages, you know, the people there speak multiple languages and they speak English fairly well. And what I've found with multiple countries that I've had, and, um, there have only been, you know, a couple of times where, you know, the coach or the captain don't understand English very well. Um, but there's always somebody on that bench. So like, we always talk about it. You don't at the beginning of the tournament, we'll kind of communicate that with each other. Um, like if the officials will communicate it, somebody will have had that team or the tournament, uh, you know, coaching staff will let us know like, Hey, you guys might have to talk to the trainer, uh, something like that. If you really need to communicate something with this coach, um, that there's somebody on that bench that can help us out. So there's always somebody there. Uh, You just have to keep in mind that, you know, you're going to have to uh, be patient with communication okay. um you're gonna there's some countries that you just have to be patient you have to you know maybe explain it differently and maybe a little more slowly than you would to somebody who this is their native language and we speak very quickly you know um, yeah. just having that respect for how many languages are out there <laughs>
0: like yeah it's, the respect uh, for the game right like that's and,
2: a in the and cool it's it is really cool hearing all these other languages going on around you and just knowing that like man like look how how much there is out there in the world uh yeah. everyone speaks it here, you know, but then we go mm-hmm. out there and it's like uh you just hear all these different cultures and things happening around you, and you just take it all in it's very uh very different and a very unique experience,
1: so. When when or how many days prior to the tournament did you guys uh, or did you ladies get to, to Denmark? A couple days prior or right when it started? A couple days prior? What no, What's it had, like? We like...
3: Yeah, we had a pre-camp, um, okay. which isn't always the case, but it was the case for this tournament. So that pre-camp was three days. Um, And during that pre-camp, we do a lot of prep work as a group together to get to know each other and to open those lines of communication to understand each other. Um, We do a lot of talking and kind of like scouting for lack of a better term about the teams. So like things we need to know about the teams, the coaches, the players. Um, And then actually this tournament, we got to officiate some of the exhibition games going into the tournament, which was really cool is the IIHF has transitioned the linesman system a little bit from what we've always done in the past to very similar to the NCAA lining style. Um, okay. And so it allowed everybody to kind of work out the kinks of that new system before we were in real games. So okay. it was a little bit different than a normal tournament, yeah. I think. So yeah.
0: so one thing that's interesting, right, so kind of going back to like, the, you know, as you're developing that, you know, I mean, we all know like, like a good linesman is just a, it, you are a personality for the players right like you know the referees and yeah, they got to sell the call but you're the one you know you are the one who's like hey that yeah that call was terrible but i got to get you in the box anyway right or <laughs> you know like like hey like how you know so i guess that's one of those, like things going back to like did you, did you find it you know how did you find it different as as dealing with folks who speak different languages like was that was that a big thing for you or you're like yeah, you, know, you know what? Just being a linesman is just—it's all about developing. A oh, man is a referee.
1: Sure like, am. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of referees here, no, but, but <laughs> yeah, no. But you know, but I I'm always say,
2: like. There's
3: there's when you're refereeing. There's a huge benefit to being on the ice with great linesmen. And in that tournament in, at Denmark, we were on the ice with. Phenomenal linesmen, and it makes our job so much easier um, to know that they they are on top of it 100 percent all the Mm -hmm. time. Uh, And we don't have to worry about the little things because they got it for us. Um, And, you know, so for them, it was like working out little positional things that were different from what the IHF has done in the past. But they were all so they're all seasoned linesmen that were there. Um, and you know, it was a very seamless transition for them and they were right back into what they know and and how they do their jobs.
0: I mean, that's awesome, right? Love cause that. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a bunch of like crow, <laughs> right? But yeah. I mean I saw that's one of those things where I was, I was cause you started talking about linesman. I'm like, okay, cool, hey. So like yeah, like you know, okay, if I gotta talk to the trainer, but you're like, dude, how does that linesman, you know, uh talk to the two centers uh who are who are, you talk
1: you talk hockey, right? Yeah, you're just like, "Hey, put
0: your, you know, like I'm not dropping the puck to your sticks on your side." You know, "Okay, cool. I don't understand what you're saying." Well, I'm still not so, dropping the puck.
1: Anyway, with uh with the downtime during the tournament, I know there isn't much, but um what kind of cool stuff did did you two get to experience in Denmark?
3: So, we uh we got to play a game called paddle, um which I don't think has made its way to the states yet. It's called it, we have
2: one court out here.
3: Yeah. Oh, great. So it's, it's very similar to like squash or like, um, pickleball, but with walls. So glass walls behind you that you can use to hit the ball off off of. So that was cool. And we also got to attend a handball game, a local handball game, which was also a lot of fun.
2: They Um, love out there. Like that place was energetic like there was a good energy there and people were loud and like they're very passionate at their sporting events where like Not we're really. a little more reserved over here I think but over there huh. they are you no know, like, there is no cutoff of noise like us. Yeah. Uh, everything's
1: a European soccer game
3: exactly <laughs> yeah. and we got to experience a lot of food a lot of food um, I mean, that's the best Denmark part right has Denmark has great food
1: Favorite dish that you got to try? Oh,
3: gosh. I don't know that I have one. Every- I, I just, I see there's, Sam. There's like, lit literally a- <laughs> fresh bread at every single meal. And I don't know what life is like that we don't get that all the time here in the States. Like, I could definitely eat fresh bread at every meal forever. That was phenomenal.
0: They ride bikes everywhere. Is like that? Is that a thing, right? Like
2: When I stayed, I stayed in Copenhagen for a couple of days after the tournament. And yeah. like... It was bikes for days, like, and it was really cool to see uh, how active the community is, like, you'd see every age, uh, every age of person riding a bike, and it was just really cool, because you don't really see that here, but they would have, like, parking for bikes, and it was just, like, a sea of them, and uh, very cool, but the food, I was going to tell you guys this, like, there was a cafe we went to all the time, uh, up in Herning, and, one of the sandwiches there I had before every single game and it was like a (laughs) salmon sandwich (laughs) and it had like lettuce and it was that fresh bread and whatever, and some special sauce they put on it that I would never find here. But Uh um, I went there every day before my games and it was that and an iced coffee, which sounds like a really gross combo, but it worked out. It was,
1: (laughs) well, it's, it's funny. Like, because you you found a routine there right like you that's found this I is was, gonna yeah. this is gonna be my pregame meal every game this is what I'm gonna do like you're on the other side of the world right and you got your pregame thing
2: yeah and for me that's like uh for me that's important like if I have to have some some sort of a routine um prior to getting to the rink. So like, I got to get my pregame nap. I got to get my pregame, you know, music going. I got like, I have stuff that I want to do and sometimes your schedule doesn't allow it. Right. Like we, we have to be very fluid in those situations when we're overseas and you mm-hmm. might not get to have those moments, but if you do um, for me, it's like my meal and my coffee, like these are very important. Things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah like the coffee
1: being the most important
2: (laughs) napping meals and coffee are like my order of operations and if i don't get one of those things like it really throws me off so i did tell the cafe on the last day because they'd seen me come in like over and over ordering the same thing to go like whatever and um i told them i was like i just want to like thank you guys because i loved this sandwich it was awesome and i had Uh it I skated and came in here and got the same thing and like thank you for being my routine you know like thank <laughs> you for being a place I could count on to like come here get my food get in the van and go like I needed that I needed to have that sort of structure before getting to the rink <laughs> so yeah. that was
1: that's so, so awesome
0: yeah dude, so that is awesome so I mean like what's that like to host other officials right so I have to imagine when you were going like so you're home Right. So, so this is, so we've talked to Sean, like, and, and, you know, you guys have gone elsewhere. Right. But what's it like to host those officials at home, right? Like, Hey, you've got some, you've got some awesome officials, but they're from Sweden they're from, you know, England, they're from elsewhere. And you're kind of the American,
1: you're the American,
0: (laughs) you know, and you've been to Wisconsin and you're like, I've skated in this rink before you guys are good. You're like, you're feeling good. But like, what did you do? Like, how was what was that like being the kind of the at home ambassador?
3: Yeah, so I think for for me, it was kind of making sure that they got what they needed, like Sam said. So, you know, having those chats when we, when the game assignments came out with the crew to figure out what their needs are for their pregame routine and making sure that they were getting what they needed, the coffee, the meals um, and also the long days at the rink. For example, you know, if if somebody was a backup or a standby official for two games in a row or somebody was a standby and then had to skate or vice versa, you know, making sure that you're the one that's ordering food, ordering coffees and getting those things to those people so that they can eat and they're not, you know, having these super long days made even longer because they can't have a meal or they can't have their coffee. Um, we, we have the luxury of being able to, you know, order anything on an app here in the U S so yeah, it makes yeah. it that much easier. And if I can take that stress off of another official to make them feel comfortable, then that was what I was going to do while I was there.
1: That's cool. That's cool. That's awesome.
3: So, so what was
0: it like getting the, what was it like getting the, uh, so so how did you guys get notified like hey as you know as the tournament's going on right this last you know this last tournament, this summer it's going on um you're working deeper and deeper into the into the tournament at what point were you thinking like wow you guys were thinking mate were you ever thinking hey maybe i might have a shot at working the championship game uh were you guys ever thinking like we might have the champion the shot at working the championship game together you know how did that all happen like what you know How did this start to gel and then, and then where did it, you know, where did it go to? How how did this happen?
2: Yeah,
3: I think um, for me, everything is a mental game at those tournaments and we're our own biggest critics. Right. So, you know, for, for me, I can tell you that both times that final day assignment came through, I about uh, jumped for joy and cried all at the same time because it was, it's so unexpected. Uh, it's so unexpected, and it's it's a long road to get to that point. So throughout the tournament, for me particularly, I try not to focus on the end. I really try to focus on the moments that get you to that point because I don't want to miss out on all those games, all those moments with my crews and with the players on the ice that are going to get me there. So it's just, you know, getting to the rink every day and working as hard as I possibly can and giving my absolute best. And if that best is good enough to get me working the final day, then I did my job. But if it's not, it's still every single one of those moments is another moment of growth in my career. And I'm going to use everything I learn in those games and I don't want to miss out on them. Um, so for me, that's kind of how I how I approach every tournament and every season, honestly. Okay.
0: Cool. What about dude? What about you, Sam? Like how did that um, how did that happen? Like as is you're is you're going in, you're like, wow, I'm working games. Hey, I'm working good games. Hey, I've made it i made it past the first cut, second cut. This could I'm be a thing and you know.
2: Yeah, I'm the same as Amanda. Like you even even getting the opportunity to get on. Plane and go to a different country is an honor for me. Like I, to even get to do that is remarkable. So when I get there, it's just like every game that you get is a gift. Every chance you can step on the ice is a gift. Um, and I, I love, you know, the whole experience and it's, it's about the people. It's about the places you go, the things you see. Um, so for me, it was like, if I can you know, skate the best games I can. You know, I'll do that. I will do my job, show up, uh, do the best I can. Just like Amanda said, you know. And if that's mm-hmm. good enough to get you working on the last day or the you know second to last day, then awesome. Um, but if not, it's a chance to learn and improve. Um, every league is different, uh, so it'll take some adjusting to you know get used to the the other systems or the other rule book or the you know the way they want you to do things in each league is different. Um, so the same as expected overseas that, you know, you have to make that transition and, um, prepare yourself to do that. So, yeah. uh,
0: so how that, how that and- notification come for you guys? Right. So how did that, like, cause you're sitting around, you're sitting in, you're, you know, you're in Denmark, yeah. you're like, Hey, what's going on? What, what are you guys doing? Uh,
1: you yeah cuz cuz well, Sean told us he was sitting there uh with the boys they were playing cards or something. <laughs> he said they're playing cards.
0: Said so the selections for the next day came out like 2 hours late. You know, what are you guys doing? Are you just are you know, do you even remember, you know?
3: Yeah, oh, we all remember. We absolutely remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. we when final day assignments came out, I I was sitting in the in the lobby playing cards with a group of the girls as we were waiting for the last. Sounds group.
0: like it. this sounds like a, a, a yeah. Sounds familiar.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so the final assignments, you never really know when they're coming out, but you do know that they're not going to come out until all the officials are done skating and they're back at the hotel. So, you know, the game ended, we went back to the hotel. We're sitting, playing cards, waiting for the rest of those officials to shower up, do their evals and get back.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and then I think they had just walked, Sam, I think you had just walked in the room when that email came out, if I remember correctly,
2: yeah, there was, I was expecting to hear you guys like cheering over the card game or something. And I walked in and there was just this, like this silence. And I was like, <laughs> then,
1: do you have the, your assignments yet? Cause I don't have my assignment. Yet.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, and then like, people just started like, you know, hugging each other and the, Oh my God. And the whatever. So I was like, Oh, that's what's going on. Uh, yeah. and you know, for me also in those moments, like, uh, I think everybody who goes out there tries to work really hard and tries to get a, you know, everyone's trying to work on that last day and everything. Um, so you, you also have to look out for each other and be supportive Mm -hmm. of everybody who is in that room and everybody Mm -hmm. who, you know, may or may not be on that list. And so for, for me, I think when that came out, uh, you know, there were a couple girls and I just was like, you know, you guys, you guys rocked it. Like you guys did mm-hmm. a great job and, you know, just trying to support each other too. Um, yep. Cause the moment of joy for a lot of us, it's also a moment of, um, you know, kind of.
1: Well, yeah. And that's of, of, the of, hard part about it, right?
2: That for some people and yeah. you have. Cognizant of that when you're in there in that situation, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the hard part about going to those international tournaments, right? You and Amanda being the two American referees there. As as much as, you know, I'll, I'll hey, we have our our girls are the best in the world, right? Um, I'm gonna throw my USA <laughs> hockey
2: girls out there. <laughs>
1: uh, have, I'm gonna throw have... on my USA hockey hat here and just and, you know we have the best training program in the world, I will say that um so like you know if if we're up to me it'd just be you know it would have been you two jenny and somebody you know but um it's it's one of those things right too because obviously you have team usa and canada playing each other so then there's you know i know for a little while like you couldn't work your own country and they've kind of gotten away from that but then they're not going to put you know multiple people from the same country out there like so obviously you know it it can be a little tough because like everyone's you know it's a pyramid right everyone's trying for the same spots but you know i find as long as everyone's supportive of each other like you know sam you and and jenny got to do the bronze game which is just as awesome as doing you know the final because who okay so it was u.s canada crap i'm blanking on
2: So we had Czech, we had the Czech Republic, and we had uh, Switzerland. And wasn't
1: it both of their first medal games?
2: It was the Czech Republic's first medal game. So for them to come out with a win uh, Mm. was huge for them. That was like a historic moment. Um, So and for me working with Jenny, you know, Mm -hmm. I told you earlier uh, that she and I had done all our camps together. So ever since I was 18 years old, you know, here Mm -hmm. I am more than a decade later, getting to work a bronze medal game with a woman that, you know, we've been through it together. And that's pretty cool. That was like a defining moment for me that like, you know what, this was, this was really awesome. Like, it was just... you know, that, that warm, fuzzy feeling. And she and I actually like hugged each other after the game and said, like, we did it, you know, and we started like, I'm even like tearing up oh. thinking about it. <laughs> I love you know, it. Uh, everything we'd gone through and coming together for that bronze game together was, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it.
1: Yeah. So. And you said it was the first time the checks had meddled.
2: Yeah. I mean, that,
1: and, that, that, that's pretty special to be a part of. Yeah. I can really imagine how excited they were.
2: Yeah, they were pumped. <laughs> they were really <laughs> they were having a time. <laughs> so uh, it was fun to watch. It was a good game. It was competitive. Uh, and, you know, we got to watch Canada U.S. after that and watched Amanda crush it, you know. And so it was, it was very cool. It was just a, it was a great day of final games. But I will say mm-hmm. every game leading up to that point was special. You know, like it was just a – it's – a phenomenal event to be a part of every step of the way
1: absolutely and then amanda your gold medal game experience like usa canada women's hockey like that's the top of the mountain right like those girls play hard they try to kill each other
0: <laughs> no i mean like you know like any u.s canada like match up like i mean that's yeah. that's your yeah like that's that's amazing. Right. You talk about like, wow, that's, uh, that's awesome. That, so what was that like when you, when you find out, right. So you're like, Hey, I'm working, you know, you talk about like, Hey, you're in there playing cards. Sam walks in and she finds out like, Hey, she's working, you know, there's, there's hugs and high fives all around, you know, um, what happens when the like kind of cheers end, right? Like what happens when you've got to go to bed that night, you know, do you sleep?
3: Yeah, you definitely sleep. You have to sleep. Um, it's actually probably the most important night of sleep to make sure that you're prepared for for what's about to happen the next day. And, you know, the next day is a long day, too. Right. Like it's a, it's a day where you you have to prepare for a game mentally and physically uh, and with your crew. But you also want to be supportive of the other people that are going to be on the ice in the games before you. Uh, and, and you want to be at the rink and watching that bronze game and seeing Sam and Jen and all your new friends kill it. Uh, and you want to be online watching that, that five, six game up at the other, up at the other arena, because you, you know, you have Kaylin and, and some of your friends skating there as well. Um, so for, for me, it's just making sure my routine that I built since the day you got to Denmark, uh, is. Is in full force and I can get my meals and get my coffee, get a good night's rest, prepare with my crew um, and let them support me because they they I was with a very veteran crew on that gold medal game. And I'm so thankful for them uh, for all their support during the tournament in all the games leading up to and in that game itself. Uh, And then enjoying those moments with the other people around you. So, you know, being in the stands for that check win and seeing Sam and Jen kill it on the ice and being able to be in the locker room afterwards to say good job and, you know, get some good hugs and high fives before we start our pregame prep. It's a long day filled with a lot of emotions. And, you know, just like the rest of the tournament, we didn't want to miss a single moment of it. So we made sure that we were there.
0: And then, do you so. Uh, the one thing I learned last week or two ECOs that the IHF gives gives everyone like, do you work the last day? You get a trophy, right? As the officiating crew, right? Like, so that's got to be. I mean, that's got to be a big place, right? Like up on the mantle, you know. Um, <laughs> like, I, I yeah, I can't imagine. You know, every every playoff game or every everything that I've worked has always been like, hey, man. Congratulations! Here's an extra 150 bucks. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> yeah said, I'm about to say, see
2: you later. Love it. You know, for for yeah. me, the special moment is when I brought because I really uh, this is my first top level women's world's tournament. So mm-hmm. this is the first time that I've really had. I think I had a couple other tournaments where you brought home, you know, smaller uh, like you know plaques and stuff, yeah. but this. Mm-hmm. First time that I got a trophy um, and I haven't gotten a trophy since like squirts. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> perfect. Like, I, I don't uh, even know
0: what to do with this. Do I, put it? <laughs> I, I guess I put it on the, I'm going to put it on the mantle. Yeah, Cause I worked so hard I, for like, this. Well, yeah.
2: um, bringing that home to my family was like, yeah. was awesome. Cause I, you know, my mom watched every game online that she could. And my stepdad and my dad, you know, like everyone, was supporting me from afar so for me mm-hmm. to be able to bring that trophy home and to give it to my mom and have my mom holding it and being like wow like this is so cool you know like and my stepdad was like this is my favorite thing you know yeah, that's <laughs> cool all about it and I, you that's know so that's cool. really special to me
0: so what's next so what what's next in your guys yeah, careers both videos? of you
1: what's we, next,
0: <laughs> I get what's to next?
2: about two weeks here yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so we have uh, the sky's the limit guys the sky's the limit
3: sam and i are only just beginning we hope
0: yeah (laughs) that's awesome right so you get the ahl camp in uh and you said two weeks right college hockey is is starting um yeah so that's what uh yeah that's awesome. That's like, I don't know. Music. I don't even
1: like, know. Yeah, you're like,
0: we like, already know what's next. We're going to the HL camp in like two weeks.
2: That's what's yeah.
3: Yeah. For what, us, you know, you know, having an August tournament is the end of the season and the start of the season all at the same time. Um, so we are lucky enough to have already skated two full weeks uh, before everybody else and we're running straight into the season and you know it's a whole new year of of college hockey of ihf events of usa hockey nationals and youth hockey tournaments um so who i'm sure it'll be very busy for both sam and i i think you know for us the more we're on the ice the better and it's taking all of those moments and all of those um evaluations that we've received to this point and Running right into the new season with them and starting to work on all of those things that we left off with in Denmark.
1: No days off, right?
3: No, no days. Day. Off.
0: No, no rest for the weary, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, Ross. I don't think we've talked to anybody who's been like, yeah, we're, uh, we're looking at um, USA Hockey Youth and College and also <laughs> Pro and IHF. Uh, a season, a season that that mixes all of those things. Yeah. At the same time, man. Like, I don't, I don't, it's a lot, a lot of hockey. You
3: know, it's, it's funny you say that Nat, because I think there there's a lot of people that don't realize how much goes into the development for us as female officials. Um, you know, we, we all almost every single one of us has a full-time job. And on mm-hmm. top of that full-time job, we are doing everything we can to build, to be a better official tomorrow. Um, so whether it's a Mike game or an American hockey league game this weekend, we are still going to work our butts off and give our best in whatever that is. Um, so for us, you know, we don't get to just cherry pick our games. We don't get to just pick and choose the best leagues. Like we really are giving back in every way we can and hitting the ice in. It doesn't matter what the hockey game is. We just want to be on the ice.
2: I
1: love to hear it. Yeah, and honestly,
2: awesome. like, I feel also that the more I can be on the ice at every level, the more exposure I'm giving uh, this opportunity to, you know, young people in general, but specifically young girls. You know, like, how many little girls are going to their brother's bantam game or whatever and, you know, showing up to their brother's JV high school game? Um, I want them to see that there's a woman on the ice. I want them to see that that opportunity is there because um, I had that opportunity. I was able to watch CC um, and see that happen and then be like, Oh, I can do that. Um, So the more that we can be on the ice at all these levels, at all these different leagues, the more we can impact um, other, uh, other people and make them want to, Join us and be a part of this incredible career. Um, so yeah, I think Amanda hit it spot on. We uh, it doesn't matter what the game is, like we just want to be there for it. And uh, one of my and, you know, greatest mentors, uh, Butch Musso, he skated every level of hockey uh, that he could. And it was phenomenal that when I was growing up, you know, learning to referee, Butchie would go work, you know, some college hockey for the weekend, maybe some pro, and then he'd come back and skate a squirt game with me, <laughs> you know? That's and amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, like Butchie was just working like pro and college and whatever, and now he's here with me. Like, yeah. really, those are the things that you want to pass on. That is mm-hmm. the, you know, that's the good stuff. And uh, so, yeah, we, we definitely jam pack the season as much as we can. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome very cool well i mean all right i got Uh, nothing else for us what do you think
1: um i guess kind of some closing thoughts from you know uh sam and then amanda yeah Uh, any anything else you you, i mean sam just like the inspirational message there right with with butch and you know how hard he worked and all that like any any advice or any words of advice to uh, any of the female officials that uh, that might end up listening to uh, today's uh, episode?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I'm always going to advocate for uh, you know women to be in this and to pursue it. You know, and we had to have strong women in front of us that uh, you know paved a path that we could try to travel down and make better and pave a little bit further. Um, every generation of officials we can bring through we're going to get further with it and uh, this game is um, it's magical you know and of course officiating is one of the harder aspects of it but it's probably the most rewarding aspect of it I would say and um, I just encourage that you know for, for the occasional you know upsetting moments you might have in your officiating career, there's 20 to go against it. Uh, And so stay with it, you know, and find those people that uplift you and find the people that really um, support you and can see the things that you can and let them help you. Um, I think that this is uh, the best seat in the house you know, and for us to have the opportunity to do it, I want everybody to have that opportunity to see this game from that perspective and, um, you know, stick with it. And if you need to reach out to somebody, you need an avenue. I mean, Amanda and I are always open to communication, you know, so we are, uh, we're here for everyone. We are here to talk to about, you know, who to connect people with. And we know enough people You know, and you guys too know enough people around the hockey community that we can get uh, we can get people, you know, connected however they need to be. So um, that's what I that's what I got to say. But this is uh, (laughs) this is quite the experience. And I think no matter what level of hockey you work, it's going to be uh, it's going to be special, you know, and the people that you meet are going to make that experience worthwhile. Amanda yeah, I think
3: you know, Sam hit the nail on the head with with what we're what we hope everybody can take away from this. The opportunities and experiences that come along with officiating are something that I don't think a lot of people think about when they get into the game. I think for for many of us, we all come into this game for our own reason, right? But it's either staying on the ice or looking for a way to make a little extra money or whatever it might be. Um, but officiating is so much more than that. And it really is a family. It's a community that we're all really, really lucky to call ourselves a part of, and it can be whatever you want to make it. So, you know, if you don't want to travel and you want to just make it a couple of youth games a week, um, let it be that. But if you have big goals and you want to try to reach new, new heights, or, you know, achieve something that's never been done before, there's absolutely a way to do it. And there's nobody that's going to stand in your way and say that you can't um, so, you know, just, just making sure that you're, you're enjoying every moment that gets you to whatever those goals might be uh, and then be kind and allow yourself to enjoy that moment when you finally are in it and you get to, you know, really appreciate everything you've worked so hard for. Um, we'll all come away from this with a new family and friends that will be stronger than, than anybody that you've ever been connected to in the past somehow. Um and, you know, this, this journey really is something that there's, there's no words for it. We're so appreciative for everything that everybody that's helped us along the way. And we hope we can be that support for all the people that are coming up through after us.
1: Man, I, all <laughs>
3: right. was like so both
1: la- of you. That's so well, like, so well said, like, man, absolutely.
0: So last question, right. Free of you. So how does someone get in touch with you? Uh, if, if there's someone out there who is a an official who wants to get some advice from you, uh, how do they get in touch with you?
2: Um, you know, we are, I have, uh, Facebook, I'm on the Facebooks, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm perfectly able to respond to messages. So, um, yeah. Facebook and then through, you know, IHOA because I'm in Illinois, um, okay. You need to find me on the IHOA site. I think that's possible as well.
0: Very cool. So. What, about, what about you, Amanda? How, how does? Um, with you?
3: Yeah. So lucky for USA Hockey, I am the referee in chief for the state of Rhode Island. So literally anybody on that USA Hockey website could probably find me anywhere. But also, uh, <laughs> you can also connect with me on any form of social media, really, um, whatever works best for oh, them, the person looking. Across. Very cool. Well,
1: Very cool, ladies. Thank you both so very much. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk to both of you and a little unique because it's the first time we've, we've had two uh, interviews at the same time and I couldn't have picked or we couldn't have had two better people to do it with, with the two of you getting to share the experience of women's, wor- women's worlds, um, and all the other cool experiences you've gotten, you've both gotten to do together. Um and uh, I got a quick question for Amanda. Amanda, you ever been to Caserta Pizza, Federal Hill? Of
3: course I have.
1: <laughs> okay, Come good. On, uh. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: Caserta Pizza. Uh, this is my Rhode Island roots talking. Caserta is the best pizza place anywhere I've ever been.
3: <laughs> nice plug what? there for Caserta. Yeah, well, yeah. Say,
1: yeah they're not even sponsored. Like, like, like I just, you know, I know, I know
0: what's going on here. So they'd be like, "Where's no, my fifty it's... bucks?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, it just it's just one of those <laughs> things. So anyone listening, if you ever go to Rhode Island, go to it's my one plug. Uh Caserta Pizza get a wimpy skimpy. <laughs> there
2: That's you go. Awesome.
1: But uh other than that, th- again, thank you both so very much. It's been an Absolutely. absolute pleasure. Uh Nat, you have anything?
0: I don't have anything else, man. thank you so much for for talking with us. It's been awesome. Uh yeah, thank you. It's
2: been great talking for having us and um amanda see you in two weeks
1: (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you again ladies and we will send it back to the main podcast thank you that was just like we said in the intro a beauty of an interview those two women are absolutely outstanding individuals um they referee pretty well as well Right, like they're pretty yeah. good referees. Pretty good referees. Pretty good referees. Great human beings. Um, Sam being a firefighter, EMT, Amanda being a health and fitness guru, um, working the World Championships, working the American Hockey League. Great stories about their upbringing and and going through everything as as female officials and and really yeah. like as you said and, and it's funny cuz when we were doing when we were recording the interview you went to say something and i was like oh my god i know what he was gonna, i know what he's going to say yeah. and this is this is uh it was major swanson talking not yeah. referee not swanson and <laughs> yeah. you said they were standing on the shoulders of giants yeah right. and
0: <laughs> buzzwords buzzwords it's,
1: it's it's definitely a military thing like i couldn't tell yeah. you how many times i heard that in the military but like in their case, it is really true. Yeah. Because the women that paved the way before the group that they're part of. So we're talking our Stacey Livingston's. Yeah. Um Kelly Ralstead, O'Brien, yeah. um oh my goodness. Wait, I mean, we just
0: had her on Chrissy Langley, right? We just Chris, had her yeah, on, Cr-
1: Chrissy Langley. You know, like, Blair, there's, there's a bunch. Yeah. There's so many women that did so much for the current officials that are now getting the opportunities that they are because of the women that came before them. Right. So like for them to be there, the women before them, obviously like, like the whole thing is just a tribute to um, everyone that has worked yeah. their tails off to get the women's game and the growth of the women's game to where it is. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you uh do you have anything else to talk about for uh, for this week, or are we just I, gonna wrap this thing up? I think we just gotta wrap it up, man. We
0: we had we had a long first act, long second act, yeah, uh, with a great interview, and I think now we're uh, I think people might be tired of listening we're, to our voices right now.
1: Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> and I think the only thing I'm gonna say is we're now like I think uh we're le- we're just a little over two weeks away from the start of the regular season in the NHL. Yep. uh pre games start in i think six days or eight days and I, yeah. got, I got i got my dog like giving me kisses and wanting attention yeah, checking it out yeah so with that this has been another episode of the team stripes podcast for nat i am ross everyone skate hard have fun enjoy the games you're working and we'll catch you in the next episode Cheers.
0: This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com.